internet's home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. Skypilotradio.com. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show. Welcome on this Friday, July 5th, 2019. Took the day off yesterday. I hope you enjoyed the rebroadcast. We're going to take a look at some new events as well as what is happening to Erase America. Uh, The Race to Erase America continues and accelerates. Meanwhile, we see that Mad Magazine, if you remember, uh, President Trump compared Booty Gay to Alfred E. Newman. You know, what me worry? And much of America said, uh, what is Trump talking about? Mad Magazine was huge. Now, after 67 years, they are going to vanish from newsstands. And many millennials said, what are newsstands? <laughs> Let's look at this. But quite frankly, pull that picture up again. As I said before, I think if President Trump wants to hit base with this generation, he needs to compare him not to Alfred E. Newman, but to Pee Wee Herman. I, I think uh, Booty Gay, we should call him Mayor Pee Wee. They like to call him Mayor Pete. I think he should be Mayor Pee Wee. And uh, when you look at what's going on with Mad Magazine, though, 67 years. And of course, it had a big effect on me growing up. <laughs> Sorry, that's just the way it is. I guess you can tell that. Uh, came out in 1952 as a comic book. And that's an interesting story right there. They called it Mad Magazine because it was a little bit over the edge in those days. In those days, they were very concerned about what young people were reading. So they came up with a thing called the Comic Book Code. And if you bought a Batman comic or a Superman comic or a Spider-Man comic or whatever, you would see this little seal of approval uh, that looked like a postage stamp. And it said that it complied with that code. Kind of what they did to the movies with the Motion Picture Association. You know, they had a code, Hayes Code, that went back uh, years before that. And so since Mad Magazine didn't want to self-censor itself, uh, they they said, no, no, we are a magazine. We're no longer a comic book. And they enlarged their print format, changed the size of the paper, uh, explicitly called themselves a magazine so they could get around the censorship, and so they could do satire and comedy. You know, the kind of stuff that you can't do on social media anymore. I, I guess we have a, a new social media platform and call it MAD. <laughs> Mutual assured destruction is what's really going on in this country as they galvanize each of us uh, into different groups to fight each other. Uh, that is what is happening now. Uh, but, you know, we talk about satire. It's really hard to operate as a a, a satire site anymore. I, I said this last week when we had Beto campaigning in Mexico. It's like, is this the onion? Is this Babylon B? No, it's reality. You got, actually had Beta O'Rourke, the Beta male, campaigning in Mexico. And then it gets even worse. You've got Cory Booker going to Mexico and acting like a mule. You know, not a Democrat jackass, but a literal mule <laughs> or a drug cartels transporting people across the border. Not for dinero, but for political clout. Yeah, that's the way he gets paid right now. Yeah, and looking for poll numbers, not for hard, cold cash. 
And then this item right here. Hillary Clinton, I talked about this when it was announced back in May, that Hillary Clinton was going to be the keynote speaker at a cyber defense summit. (laughs) Now, again, you would expect to see that on the Babylon Bee. Uh, Probably not the Onion, because they don't like to make fun of Hillary Clinton too much. But when I talked about that, I said, can you believe these people would pick Hillary Clinton to be the keynote speaker at a cybersecurity event? The woman who had absolutely no cybersecurity whatsoever, had a private server that was hacked by the Chinese, and they sent themselves a copy of every email that she sent to receive. And now they have notified everybody that she's dropped out of that cybersecurity event. For unforeseen circumstances, I'll tell you why she dropped out when we come back. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. In a world of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And now, The David Knight Show. Welcome on this Friday, July 5th, year of our Lord, 2019. I'm David Knight, your host. As I said at the top of the hour, Mad Magazine is ceasing publication, effectively. They're not going to be on newsstands anymore. They're going to be sold in comic book stores and by subscription. And it's kind of ironic because they emphasize the magazine part of that because at one point in time, we were concerned about what our kids read. And so there was a a code for comic books showing Batman was not criminally insane at the time. (laughs) It was kind of like a a Sherlock Holmes with gadgets. Uh, Very innocent stuff. The Joker wasn't killing people like he did in the early days. They kind of cleaned all that stuff up. Uh, Mad Magazine wanted to do full-on satire without any restrictions, and so they went to a magazine format, enlarged it, uh, did not have the seal of approval of the comic book code and so forth, but now they're going to be back in comic books, and they're going to be recycling old material. They're going to have new covers but earlier material that they're going to sell through the comic book stores. They will do special editions. Uh, Many people, like Weird Al Yankovic, uh, had uh, said it was uh, a vital part of Creating his character. Mine, too, (laughs) as a matter of fact. Uh, He was actually a guest editor back in 2015. But it's just too hard to do satire anymore because you can't get beyond these Democrat politicians. As I said at the top of the hour, Beto campaigning in Mexico, Cory Booker acting as a human trafficker, (laughs) taking people across the border, violating the law, and then Hillary Clinton. Selected to be a keynote speaker at a cybersecurity conference this fall, October 9th through 10th. The FireEye Cyber Defense Summit wanted her as a keynote speaker. And here's, I think, the thing that scotched the deal. Uh, They wanted her to have a question and answer session. (laughs) I don't think you want to take questions on cybersecurity if you're Hillary Clinton. I think it might have been something just as simple as she didn't get the email. (laughs) <laughs> the, the email got lost in transition. Or, or maybe, you know, the Chinese government deleted it after they saw what it was because they were able to send a copy of every email that Hillary Clinton received and sent. 
so maybe they were the ones who shut her down on that. Nevertheless, who needs satire when you've got Democrats, right? And, of course, the Democrats don't like humor either. I mean, it's a lose-lose situation for an organization like Mad Magazine. You want to make a joke? Oh, well, that's stereotypical. That hurts somebody's feelings. That's bullying and so forth and on. Uh, and uh, anyway, we don't need them anyway because we've got Kamala Harris. As Reason Magazine pointed out, she just can't stop promising to do things via executive order. She has said, I'm going to do gun control via executive order. I'm going to give these people 100 days to do what I demand, and then I will enact it by executive order. But now she's moving on uh, and, of course, talking about open borders. So she wants executive orders on open borders. She says, I will immediately by executive action reinstate DACA status. Okay, well, you know what? Uh, It's still there, quite frankly. Uh, Maybe she hasn't noticed. Uh, That's one of the things I've been complaining about, that President Trump hasn't ended it. It was an executive order from Obama. President Trump could and should issue an executive order. Uh, They said they were going to do that. And then a judge says, you can't do that. Oh, okay, okay, all right, we'll we'll listen to you, judge. Uh, So it's still there, effectively. So it doesn't need Kamala Harris's executive order to reinstate. It's still stated (laughs) there. And, you know, any executive orders by Obama will be treated as constitutional amendments. Uh, By the way, we're going to have Richard Proctor joining us later in the program. And we're going to talk about some constitutional amendments. We're going to talk about the third and the sixth. So uh, make sure you join us. Always interesting to talk to Richard Proctor, a great uh, authority, expert on the Constitution. And we'll have live in studio in the second hour, we'll have Leo Zagami. Uh, Anyway, she says, I will, by executive action, reinstate DACA status, and I will further extend protection for deferral of deportation for their parents. That was called DAPA, D-A-P-A, Deferred Action for the Parents. And that was challenged. By the Republicans, they took him to court. They won in court, Kamala. You might pay. First of all, DACA is still there. And you don't need to reauthorize it by executive order. And DAPA was actually struck down by the courts in 2015, uh, giving even more weight to the fact that President Trump could get rid of DACA. It's the same thing in principle as DAPA, which was struck down by court. And again, President Trump, as a, as a president, can issue an executive order that overturns previous executive orders from previous presidents. But we have to pretend that Obama is still ruling. And maybe in a lot of ways he is because he put people into office that are still ruling over us, these judges. They're the ones who are really our rulers. The Supreme Court is the American Politburo. Uh, get video clip number four ready. Uh, we had Cory Booker, as I said, you know, on Wednesday he is actually trafficking people across the border. They're that desperate for voters. It's absolutely amazing. He spent four hours, over four hours, speaking with asylum seekers, and then he drugged some people across the border to make a point. That's how the drug, uh, <laughs> drug mules, the uh, uh, human trafficking mules of the Democrat Party. <laughs> when is Ben Garrison needs to do <laughs> a cartoon about that? Uh, turn all the Democrat candidates into. Uh, human trafficking mules, because that's basically what they've become. Here's what Cory Booker had to say. He said it's just common sense. 
city. Uh, do I want someone who gets uh, sick with a potential uh, communicable uh, 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 illness to, to not be able to go to a hospital and get treated? To, to, no, let's uh, bring them into to, the country. To uh, potentially threaten to infect others? <laughs> do I want kids not to get vaccinated that are in my country? We've got to have some common sense here oh, yeah. because we may think that shutting off people having access to any kind of health care uh, is some kind of uh, tough stance. But really what it does is it endangers our own populations uh, if we don't have some pathway what are for people uh, getting some kind of support. That's why when I was mayor of the city of Newark, I just said when it comes to emergency services, policing services, hospital services, uh, uh, undocumented immigrants here are a part of our community. They have access to those things. We have a president right now right. that is enforcing things that make us less safe, not only in a healthcare way, but in a criminal uh, capacity, because now we have a climate in which immigrant populations are afraid to even report crimes yeah. because they feel like if they come forward... Okay, let's hold uh, it right because- I can't take any more of this guy. So it's the safe thing to do. It really doesn't make, it's just common sense. If you don't want our populations, whatever our populations are, because, you know, it's just a, you know, it's one village, as Nancy Pelosi said. We just happen to have a line running through it. So I don't know what populations he's protecting. But, you know, if you're worried about American health, what you need to do is you need to bring these sick people in as much as possible so that you can make them well. Except we're not doing that for Americans, are we? Uh, Maybe somebody should point that out to him. Maybe they should point out to him uh, that all these people talking about the Ellis Island experience, they quarantined people who were sick. They didn't bring them into the population. But we can go to Africa. We should go to Africa, go to the Congo, and let's bring some people with Ebola in. Because I'm sure the CDC could use that in some way, right? Oh, we can vaccinate everybody. Hey, all of you people rushing through the borders to get to America? Do you realize they're going to be doing mandatory vaccines on you once they look at you as their slaves? He says, seeking asylum is a legal right. A legal right. Everybody has a right to be Americans. It's just Americans who don't have rights anymore. Uh, Not even in the sense that the Democrats like to talk about. They like to talk about what they call positive rights. In other words, things the government must do for you, free stuff. The founders of this country... When they were, you know, we just had July 4th yesterday. They said we have inalienable rights that we get from God, and the government's purpose is to protect those rights, not give them to us. We already have them. Uh, They keep the government, the the purpose of government is to keep people, you know, like Facebook and Twitter and Google from stealing our rights, other big corporations from stealing our money. Uh, That's the purpose of government. But no, the government is stealing our rights as it promises that it's going to give us all this free stuff. Uh, That's the reality. And of course, he brought them over to hook them up with immigration rights attorneys because it's all about the court system. We'll be right back. Serving with InfoWars is a great honor, but I still need my morning coffee. And luckily, our break room at the InfoWars headquarters is stocked full of high-quality InfoWars store Patriot Blend coffee. Grown in the high mountains of southern Mexico, the Chiapas farmers grow 100% organic, non-GMO coffee at the ideal altitude for the perfect cup. A robust coffee with great flavor and mild acidity. There has never been a more important time to support InfoWars. So if you love coffee, and if you want to fight for freedom, then you can help. Order now at the InfoWars store. 
Sign up for AutoShip and get your own high-quality supply of Patriot Blend coffee delivered right to your door at InfoWarsStore.com. The time has come. The time is here. The globalists are openly activating their anti-American forces to demonize the American people, the very existence of our borders, and that the whole world can come here and get everything free, but that we, the citizens, have to pay for it when our nation is on the verge of bankruptcy. If we don't have major innovation and major booms, we will collapse into third world status, and the UN and others admit they're using giant migrant waves in Europe and the U.S. to collapse the countries, to kill capitalism, and bring in socialism so we can go the way of the old Soviet Union, North Korea, and Venezuela. This is a plan. That's why we've got to stay on air. It's why you've got to keep fighting because we're going to win this in the end. Thanks to you and your support. That's what makes it all possible. So I salute you and I thank you, but I ask you again, do your shopping with us and we will continue on in the face of this. Infowarsstore.com, 50% off, store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points. Whatever you do, commit now to history and know that buying products from us is one of the most important things you can do in the fight against the globalists. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. You know what Cory Booker did? Illegally escorting five immigrants across the border is, uh, you know, it's against the law, isn't it? Is Cory Booker now illegal? Is he a criminal? The Democrats keep saying, we got to get, we got to make it not a crime to cross the border. See, they've admitted in these debates that it is a crime, that the people, the foreign citizens who come here illegally, Criminally trespassing are committing a crime. That's what we mean by illegal aliens. It means that they're foreign citizens who are here illegally. But, of course, we can't call them that. They're undocumented immigrants. And now we have a uh, presidential camp, uh, candidate who makes a virtue, virtue signals to all of the new voters that they're adding to the rolls. Uh, vote for him because he wants everybody to be able to come here and get free health care without any restriction. And, of course, you Americans are going to pay for it. That's the campaign issue right there that President Trump ought to be campaigning on, to cut the legs out of the Democrats. These people are promising free stuff to everybody. Say, well, you know what? I think we draw the line in terms of let's just draw the line and say no free stuff for people from the rest of the world. We'll take care of Americans first. Isn't that America first? He could extend that to the welfare state. I don't support the welfare state by any means. But if we extend the welfare state to the world, as we have the warfare state to the world, you know, it's the welfare state and the warfare state that are destroying this country. We have a warfare state that goes to, spares no expense in protecting every other country except America. We can't send the military to the border. We send them to parade in Washington, right? That's what it was about. And we can't do anything to defend America. That's going to be the way it is with the welfare state. You get secondary you know, handouts to this stuff. First, we're going to take care of foreign citizens who come here because we want to bribe them to come here. You know, that's a real purpose. And just as our real purpose is not defending America with the military, our real purpose is regime change. All these people who talk so much about how they love the military 
hold the lives of the men and women in the military cheap. Very cheap. They're expendable. They're disposable. They're to be used as unpaid mercenaries for globalism. And we'll send them anywhere to achieve our objectives. And that's exactly the kind of realpolitik that Henry Kissinger, who said the military is nothing but a bunch of animals to be used by us. That's the same mentality in place today, in my opinion. And that's why I, I want to see us getting back to the fundamental principles. I'll talk a little bit more about that later in the broadcast. But let's take a look at what's going on at the border. And uh, we have uh, President Trump. Uh, will he, won't he put this census citizenship question on there? There are so many different ways that the Democrats are trying to rig the election. They're trying to control the information that we see. They're trying to control the speech of the public. So they're attacking the free press. They're attacking free speech, especially in social media, because they want to have a monopolistic control of social media like they have had of corporate broadcast media. Back in the days, we had just three channels, ABC, CBS, NBC. They want to get back to those days. And so they've got three social media, three big Internet companies that are going to control all information you see on the Internet, Facebook, Twitter, and Google. You know, it used to be ABC, CBS, NBC. Now it's Facebook, Twitter, and Google. And that's one aspect of it. And, of course, you've got Microsoft in there with NewsGuard. Another aspect of it is electronic voting. They can rig the election with all this stuff. This is the bottom line. You know, if NewsGuard doesn't work, they've always got election guard, the operating system that is being put on all the electronic voting machines, again, by Microsoft, the first of the Silicon Valley companies to join with DARPA to do geospatial intelligence on the American public, to data mine you and your life so they could better manipulate you and so that they could see whether or not their propaganda is working. So they've got Election Guard, they've got News Guard, but then they can also bring in foreign voters and let them vote on the voting rolls. And if they don't do that, then they can at least count the foreign citizens who are here so they get greater representation in California and these other sanctuary states and Congress. Because if it shows that their population is increasing because they've got more illegal aliens coming in, then they will get a higher proportion of the unconstitutionally fixed number of congressional representatives that we have. I mean, it, <laughs> uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that supports us capping the number of representatives, but that's what they do. And so then they shift those around depending on which states are growing or shrinking in population. But just take a look at the one tactic before we go to the census question. Take a look, go back to the end of May. We saw the Secretary of State here in Texas, David Whitley. He uncovered the fact that we had 95,000 non-citizen residents who were on the voting rolls. Now, once he showed that, the League of United Latin American Citizens filed a lawsuit challenging taking those people off the voting rolls. You get that? Oh, we've got people here who are not citizens and they are registered to vote. And then this organization says, well, you can't take them off the voter rolls. <laughs> They're only non-citizens. Uh, they said it's clear that the right-wing elements in the Texas government are trying to rig the system to keep power and to disenfranchise 95,000 American citizens. No, they're not citizens. They're foreign citizens. 
They're, they're not American citizens. They're foreign citizens who are criminally trespassing here and have gotten themselves on the voting rolls here in Texas. Again, the uh, Latin American uh, League of United Latin American Citizens said there is no voter fraud in Texas. We always hear that. They hear that all the time in North Carolina. Of course, the Democrats have set up all the structures. Early voting, uh, earliest voting anywhere is in North Carolina. Motor vote, you know, you come in, get your driver's license, reg- they'll register you to vote and so forth. Uh, extended voting period of time, uh, tying it to driver's licenses, making sure there's no picture ID. That's a key thing, especially in North Carolina. I've told the story many times, going back to 2012. friend of my brother-in-law's goes in to vote. All you have to do is give them a name and an address. So you can basically vote the phone book. They don't know who you are, right? Just grab – remember when we had phone books? <laughs> uh, basically, if you could uh, go online with Google and generate a digital list of names and addresses. How about that? Since we don't have phone books anymore. But anyway, you could just take the phone book down and give them a name and an address. And they say, okay, except my brother-in-law's friend goes down and they said, you've already voted. And so has this other person at your address. He said, well, that's my mother. She's been dead for several years. And people are voting for his dead mother and for him because they took a phone book and they walk in and just give a name. All of these methods are set up by the Democrats. And so how did this secretary of state here in Texas, Mr. Whitley, how did he get those numbers? Well, he took a look at the public safety driver's license records. That includes their immigration status. And then he looked at the voter rolls, and then it kicked out 95,000 people who, the driver's license people, because they do real ID, it looks at their immigration status, gives them a driver's license, and then they take it down and they get a get on the voting roll. And they found out that of those 95,000 non-citizens, or I should say foreign citizens, they're citizens somewhere, of the 95,000 foreign citizens, 58,000 of them had actually voted here in Texas. We'll be right back. I just want listeners to understand, money is what allows us to beat this and stand against this. And we're seeing a lot of orders right now with the Save Info Wars 50% off, but we make only like $5, $10 on higher marked up stuff. We're making like $2 on the toothpaste at that price. And we're moving a ton of it, okay? But you move a couple hundred thousand dollars or something and you get $20,000. That doesn't pay for all the infrastructure, the bandwidth, the lawyers, the crew. So we need to sell millions and millions and millions of dollars of product. I want to expand, not contract. And for six months, we've not just been at a standstill. The enemy's been winning. And I have labored and labored and labored and labored on this. I like to be expanding. I like to be winning. I like to be fighting. And we are winning the info war. That's why we're so hated. But we need to be retreaded. We need to be tuned up. We need to be fixed up. We never have time to get into dry dock. We got a lot of holes shot at us. And the enemy wants to silence us. Then they're really going to plant child porn on us. Then they're going to kill me or you or anybody else. I mean, the Democrats now are going into a full revolutionary fervor funded by foreign banks and the Chicom. So go to InfoWarsStore.com. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Making sense common again. This is The David Knight Show. Welcome back. Let's talk about the citizenship question. Uh, 
because this is the question everybody is asking. What is going on with that? We had a an Obama judge say you can't ask on the census whether or not somebody is a citizen. And you had the Supreme Court kind of punt on that question uh, when in the past it's been clear that we've asked that and there's absolutely no problem asking that. I read you the statements of uh, this uh, court decision as well as previous ones saying this is the prerogative of the people putting together the census. They can ask anything that they want, and they do. They ask all kinds of intrusive and silly questions that aren't any of their business. But whether or not you are a citizen is their business because this census is used to allocate political power between the different states. How many representatives are they going to have in Congress? How many are they going to have in the Electoral College, as I said last week? If you're going to count foreign citizens in the census and you're going to use that to allocate congressional power and representation in the Electoral College, just call it the Illegal College. How about that? We'll keep it, but we'll pad it just like the California Democrat Party is doing. They're going to have non-citizens put into party leadership positions. They're going to have them writing the party platform. I, you know, I look at what the Democrats are doing, and I thought it was already foreign citizens writing this stuff. Globalists are writing this stuff. Anyway, as we had all this talk and uh, the uh, Department of Justice and even Wilbur Ross of the Commerce Department said, all right, we're moving on. We've got to print these forms. So, you know, we're going to print them without the citizenship question. Then it was reported by many different people. And then President Trump comes out uh, after that and says, nope, it's fake news. We're going to stop this. And so everybody's going, what is going on? So here's the timeline here of what has happened with this. We had Judge Jesse Furman in New York federal court. Where else? Well, it could have been California. Uh, had an emergency hearing on the question's status. Uh, this Obama appointee gave the Department of Justice until 6 p.m. on Wednesday to state their position and their intentions on this citizenship question because it was kicked back down to them from the Supreme Court. They didn't want to handle that hot potato. U.S. District Judge George Hazel Later on, after President Trump tweeted, gave the U.S. until Friday at 2 p.m., that's today, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, to definitely answer what it's doing. He is also an Obama appointee. This is one of the reasons why uh, the Senate has drug its feet on appointments. They, you know, Obama put a lot of people in position, and they don't want Trump putting people in those positions. As National Review has pointed out, Two-thirds of voters support allowing the U.S. Census to include a question about an individual's citizenship status. Well, yeah, that's what it's about, isn't it? Uh, So now where we are is we have the Department of Justice and Assistant Attorney General there, Joseph Hunt, came out after President Trump said, nope, we're still going to ask that. He said, we think there might be a legally available path under the Supreme Court's decision. We're examining that. We're looking at near-term options to see whether that's viable or possible. So I guess we'll find out today. Uh, He added, it is very fluid at present, and we're still examining the Supreme Court's decision to see if that option is still, still available to us. And the talk now is that a senior legal source has said, The administration is considering the appropriateness of an executive order that would address the constitutional need for the citizenship question to be included in the 2020 census. And uh, that is exactly what needs to be done. This could be a very good thing. If President Trump issues an executive order 
to say, no, I, I'm president. I have the authority. Uh, these are organizations, uh, the Commerce Department, uh, the Department of Justice, all these different organizations. But it's the Commerce Department that's putting the census together. Uh, they have always had the freedom to include whatever questions they want. And if you look at these judges pushing back against President Trump, what they're saying is, well, we think that he has impure motives. We don't have a problem with the question per se, but he's, I think the guy's a racist, you know. Uh, so he shouldn't be able to ask those kind of questions. Absolute nonsense. And two-thirds of the people in America understand that. Uh, it's not racist, and it doesn't matter what his motivations are. He has the authority to do it. You take a look at the law, not at people's motivations, but that's, of course, what they always do with a uh, so-called Muslim ban. <laughs> the Muslim ban. Uh, those countries, they were all countries that we consider to be terrorist threats or dangerous. Two of them were not Muslim countries at all. North Korea is not a Muslim country, by the way. And uh, so there were five Muslim countries, two that were not, like North Korea. And there are 50 countries that are predominantly Muslim in the world. And Trump only banned five of them. So it was not a Muslim ban. But that's what the federal judges said. That, well, I think that President Trump doesn't like Muslims, and I think that's what this is all about. Regardless of the fact that uh, he's saying people can't come in from North Korea. <laughs> this is about Muslims. There are no Muslims in North Korea. Uh, they better hope they're not in North Korea. They get the full-on China treatment there. You don't want to live there regardless of what your religion is. You don't want to live in North, in, uh, North Korea. As uh, one socialist-loving, now North Korean prisoner has found out, this guy who is infatuated with North, with North Korea, Australian, he just loves socialism, so he wanted to go there. You know, kind of like Bernie and de Blasio wanted to go visit uh, Bernie went to the Soviet Union and de Blasio went to Cuba. Well, this guy wanted to go to North Korea. You know, just wanted to see socialism in its pure essence. And he got a good taste of it, <laughs> rotting in a prison. Uh, anyway, back to this question. The real issue here, as I've said, and this is as important as controlling our border. Because, yeah, we've got foreign citizens who are crashing and invading this country. And th the border has completely collapsed. And we have to address that situation. And the only way to do it is to use the military not for a parade, not for regime change abroad, but use the military to just block the border and stop this situation right now. We've got a flood of people. They don't have any problem using the military when there's a flood from a hurricane, do they? This is an emergency. President Trump needs to issue an emergency order and do that. And he has the authority to do that. And as I've said many times, the founders understood that the court system, they said, it's the least dangerous because it doesn't have any way to enforce its opinion, unless the Congress and unless the president bows to that. And that's what they've been doing for far too long. Andrew Jackson saying of the Supreme Court, well, they've, made their, they've issued their opinion, let's see them enforce it. And he went ahead and did what he wanted to do, which is what the Supreme Court had said the previous year he could do. Then they change their mind after one year. It's just an opinion. And they're not modifying the Constitution. So the president has the authority to ask that question. And if President Trump uses an executive order, that would be just as important as putting the, censorship, uh, the census question on the, uh, the citizenship question on the census. And I hope he does both of those things. It would be a huge win-win if he were to do that. Uh, and as a matter of fact, a former federal judge, Michael Ludig, 
says, if the President of the United States were to issue an executive order supported by his full Article II powers directing that the citizenship question be included in the 2020 census, I believe the Supreme Court would affirm the constitutional power of the president to include the citizenship question in the census. And quite frankly, if they didn't, it would be even better if he went ahead and did it. Because it would be just like Jeff Sessions, Mr. Reefer Madness, wanting so desperately to continue locking people up for using pot recreationally or as a medicine when you had two-thirds of the states saying, we're not going to do that. Jeff Sessions didn't go there because he would have lost big time, and it would have helped to educate everybody that we can peacefully pull back federal overreach if we nullify their actions at the state and local level. And we can do that. We have elected officials at the state and local level who can nullify federal overreach. And the president can nullify the judicial overreach that has intruded itself into every minute detail of our lives. And he's got to do that. That's as important as protecting us from the invasion of foreign citizens, protecting us from the invasion of the federal judiciary. We'll be right back. Stay with us. InfoWars, the most banned network in the world. So the InfoWars model is a self-fulfilling, self-supporting structure that is promoting free press and free speech by people getting together and supporting one another and sustaining one another. It is the only independent press of this size and scale, of this public reach. It is the one model that says, here's a way to have a self-supporting, self-sustaining, self-structured, little democratic structure that because the audience determines what content goes up, the audience determines what audience is ultimately reached by their choices in supporting InfoWars. And it's all because the audience spends their whatever it is, whether it's $5 or $50 a month on products that they like and that they want that actually compete with the corporate-driven model. And the ability to do that and at the same time support press, support speech, support letting the audience choose what news they want to see and what views they want to hold. And it's the ultimate American democratic expression and experiment. And it is the celebration of free press and free speech with free markets. I want to be very, very clear with everybody about all of this. We're going into the season of war, and they have been inches from shutting down the final bank accounts we have due to their criminal activity and their and their digital fraud. And we need to know that we've got capital to go six months a year. We need to in here. We need to be provisioned. And you've got my total commitment that I am going to rampage forward against the enemy fearlessly. I'm loving every minute of this because I know I'm getting under their skin. I'm bloodying them up politically. I'm banging heads with them, and they can't help but attack back with lies that just brings more people here so i'm in one hell of a fight and so are you and i need war bonds i need gas i need ammo politically now but literally if you flood us with money and if you flood us with product purchases and if you flood us with your word of mouth you're unstoppable we're unstoppable together i want to send a strong message to the enemy i want to raise a couple million dollars right now to let the enemy know that their attacks are failing and that you will stand with us and i will never back down you have my commitment this only gives me more energy and more understanding of what we're facing and that we were right about this You're listening to The David Knight Show.
Welcome back. As I was saying, one of the most important things President Trump could do is to do an executive order. We've got former judges saying, yeah, he could do that. He's got the authority to do that under Article 2 of the Constitution. You've got a representative here uh, from this area of Texas, and he is saying the president uh, needs to do that as well. He says, uh, look, he's got the authority to do it, and he needs to say, uh, just just print it. Uh, says, if his lawyers are advising him, said Chip Roy, who represents uh, Texas, uh, part of San Antonio uh, and uh, much of Austin here, uh, said on social media, if it's the lawyers advising him, uh, Trump should just ignore them completely. Print the census with the questions, issue a statement explaining why. And he said, in quotes, because we should. Done. <laughs> I like that guy. Uh, that's exactly right. I have the authority. I was elected president. This is the authority under the Constitution to do this type of thing. And nobody has ever had a problem in the government. They think that you should answer any question that the government puts to you, right? They, they should be able to ask you anything, no matter how intrusive or no matter how much it's none of their business. They feel like they have a right to ask us anything and everything, except whether or not we're citizens when they're allocating political power. It's absolutely insane. All right, we're going to talk about the efforts to erase America here and what we saw yesterday on the 4th of July uh, coming up. Before we do, real quickly, I just want to remind you, as we see them trying to erase independent media like InfoWars, uh, we were the first ones because we were the most effective, and we've been effective because of your support, and we really do need your support right now. InfoWars Emergency Special, you'll find at InfoWarsStore.com. 50% off all InfoWars Life products. We want to make this a win-win situation for you. Alex has gotten the very best vitamins, uh, minerals, other supplements, uh, very effective, very pure, uh, and now you've got the best price right now. 50% off, free shipping, and double Patriot points uh, store-wide at InfoWarsStore.com. We really do need your support, and we really do appreciate the support that you've given us up to this point. All right, let's talk about what's happening uh, across America. You know, we just had the 4th of July, and uh, I, I, like I said, I'm very concerned about what I see on both the left and the right. You know, the, the, certainly President Trump saw this, and many people did. I guess I'm in the minority of people who agree with President Trump on most issues. Most of them were celebrating this. I want to see our military used to defend this country in an appropriate way. I don't want to see our military used and our money and our lives, especially our lives, squandered for acts of aggression that would have been categorically rejected by the people who founded this country, by the Christians who founded this country, would never, never have supported the kind of wars that our military is being asked to fight. And if you support the military and the men and women in uniform, don't ask them to die for an unjust cause. And so what I saw in Washington yesterday, even though not a lot of uh, tanks, they had them on platforms and so forth, uh, and President Trump, uh, his speech was really kind of focused on the military, not on our freedoms, which is what I kind of thought that the Declaration of Independence was about. I think it should be about that. I think we should talk about liberty. And I think the military serves a very important role but it is not the reason that we have America. So we can have this endless, unrestricted uh, empire that is at war everywhere, as I said on Friday or, or uh, Wednesday. 
75% of the war, where, uh, 75% of the world's nations we're engaged in warfare with or have military bases there. Why? Why are we doing that? Uh, it is not to keep us safe. We have started wars that we can't win because they're not justified wars. Uh, we cannot get these people, we cannot hand them democracy, liberty, freedom, independence on a silver platter. They have to want it themselves. And when we put our bases everywhere, these are essentially tripwires to get us involved in wars. That's, that doesn't make us safer. It makes us less safe. But let's take a look at some of the hatred on the left for what America is. San Francisco has a mural at a public school. Uh, they're going to pay $600,000 to get rid of this mural of George Washington. They hate George Washington that much in San Francisco that they'll pay $600,000 to get rid of him. Uh, this was done, ironically, during FDR's New Deal. Remember New Deal? Remember the Green New Deal? Well, you know, they had the old New Deal <laughs> uh, when FDR uh, just escaped from any restrictions in the Constitution whatsoever, and he started funding all kinds of things with the idea that he was going to get us out of the Great Depression. Of course, that didn't do it. Didn't do it. Uh, the job recovery stuff did not recover until the war began. But he was throwing money at everybody. Actors, radio personnel, artists to paint, and that's how this got painted. Victor Arnatoff, one of the foremost muralists during FDR's New Deal, uh, painted this. So it's 83 years old. And in this article from AP, they said, well, it's prompted some to worry that other artwork from the so-called New Deal era could face a similar fate because of changing sensibilities. You see how far socialism has come? Uh, FDR's New Deal was socialism. That's why AOC went back and referred to, oh, we need a green New Deal. We need to up the ante on socialism using environmentalism as the excuse. Well, that was old socialism. Today, socialism is really about cultural Marxism. Oh, this is not politically correct, so we're going to control your speech, and we're going to come after your history we're going to come after your culture. We're going to come after your laws. We want to erase everything that is American. And they said, well, it's, it's just a, we've got to take this thing down. It's a 1,600-square-foot mural. That's why it's going to cost them $600,000 to get rid of it. Uh, I don't know. I could go there and just, if they want me to white it out, I, I could just get regular paint and <laughs> cover it up. Pay me $600,000. I'll sign up for that in a heartbeat. But they said what they took exception to was the fact that he was standing over the body of a Native American. Why do you think that is? Uh, was it because he fought in the French and Indian War? Uh, would they be happier if he was standing over the body of a dead Frenchman? They called it the French and Indian War. It wasn't the French and Indian who were uh, Indians who were fighting each other. It was the French who got the Indians to fight the British colonists at the time. And that was the war that preceded the Revolutionary War. And uh, in the same way, when they talk in the uh, Declaration of Independence, Jefferson pointed out that King George was trying to use that same tactic against the American military. Uh, he wanted to have an insurrection uh, of slaves. He also wanted to have uh, ally himself with Indians to fight uh, anybody and everybody. 
And they said uh, the legacies of Washington and other historical figures are being reexamined. Yes, they are. They're being reexamined and erased. Some cities have changed the names of streets and buildings because they were named after slave owners, says AP. But wait a minute. Who who are we going to name them after? Because uh, Native Americans owned slaves, right? The Indians who were here, uh, they had a lot of slavery going on. Uh, They were not a monolithic culture. They had a lot of different tribes, a lot of different nations. They went to war with each other. They took and they kept slaves. Uh, They captured European white settlers and kept them as slaves. Uh, Go back and look at uh, the John Wayne movie, The Searchers, (laughs) for example. Uh, But, you know, so did the black tribes in Africa. Uh, They had slaves as well. So did the Aztecs and Incans. As a matter of fact, they not only had slaves, but they had human sacrifices. So which culture is it that you've got in San Francisco that is totally blameless and without flaw? Please tell me which one you're going to put up there. Mark Sanchez, vice president of the school board, said painting it over represents not only a symbolic fresh start, but a real fresh start. That's right. It's about erasing the culture, and they start by tearing down. Well, they don't start. This is the final step, folks. They've been, you don't realize it. Uh, Most of you have not been in school for a while. You don't realize how they have been erasing the culture and our history and the minds of our children that we mindlessly turn over to the state to be educated. Propagandized is a more accurate term. And so they have so thoroughly done their job that now the taking down of statues, the taking down of murals and so forth, that's just the final step. The final step. You know, they didn't pull down the statues uh, when they had uh, the overthrow of the Soviet Union. That was the last thing they did, was pulling down the statues. We are at that stage right now. Uh, America is done. America is done when they're pulling down every aspect of our civilization. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Robert Barnes, what has big tech become? Uh, Big tech are big babies that have become big bullies. And the way they did so is because they faced no consequence, social, economic, political, or legal, for their illicit activities over two decades. And because of that, that's why the courts, the judges, the juries, the members of the independent free press that care about this, the ordinary members of the public and the audience that care about this, have to bring real social, political, economic consequence to their course of conduct. Otherwise, they will never change. And they will become the big tech oligarchs, the equivalent to the big trust of the 19th century, who ran American politics and ran American economy almost into the ground until we were able to recover after the Great Depression. The InfoWars audience is the fuel that flames the, the, the light of liberty across the world to make real the actions of independent free speech, to make real the original promise of an independent free press. Real collusion is big tech and big media manipulating and working with each other to try to meddle with elections, to try to shake people's thoughts. And then the whopper of telling us the whole time it's not happening. It's the ultimate form of gaslighting. What you just saw isn't what you just saw, even it is what, what you just saw. <laughs> Serving with InfoWars is a great honor, but I still need my morning coffee. And luckily, 